This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Oh, my God. It's just a whooping. Texas up 10-1 on Arizona in the top of the sixth. Meanwhile, we got uh, James Harden video him walking in the Clippers locker room. Steve Ballmer dapping him up. And then Russell Westbrook coming over to say hi. And then Terrence Mann sitting next to Russell Westbrook with... A, a scowl on his face. Not too happy. No, this guy Nelson. He was the uh, the starter tonight for the D-backs. He was the closer the other night for mm-hmm. the D-backs, and he was abysmal. Could not find the strike zone whatsoever. And here we are. I'm not shocked that there's ten runs scored. He's got to go. He's he is the reason that the Diamondbacks are going to lose the World Series. Him alone. I'm I'm disappointed. I really, really wanted to believe in the Diamondbacks. For the longest time, I didn't want them in the World Series. And, well, if you look at the ratings, nobody wants them in the World Series because they're record low ratings for the World Series. But I thought at this point, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to be all in. Like, let's let's root for this young, scrapping squad with a bunch of 23-year-olds getting there. And, well, this is where we are, you know? Now we just sit here and go, well, it was a fun run. There go the Texas Rangers. Yep. Oh, well. Deal with it. Got to do what we got to do. So, all right, we bring on Ben Brown, NFL data scientist from Pinnacle. And uh, it was kind of busy today in the NFL. A lot of trades. A lot of trades even been before, obviously, the actual trade deadline. But let's look at the overall picture of today and what you saw. Trades. Guys going to different places. Some teams are selling. Some teams are buying in. Who helped themselves the most at the NFL trade deadline? Yeah, it, it was definitely, I would say, action-packed. I, I think, you know, from a fan's perspective, you obviously love to see, you know, a lot of action back and forth. Obviously, some defining lines for teams that are, you know, maybe going full-on into a tank versus teams that very much are kind of trying to restock a little bit of some weak spots. And I think, to me, I know everyone's going to talk about the 49ers getting Chase Young, obviously, former second overall pick for a third-round draft pick from the Washington Commanders. I do think that one kind of at least shows out pretty well, adding him to what is already a really strong you know, front seven, one of the best defenses in football. And I think he's going to at least have some sort of impact from a situational rushing pass rush perspective. But to me, the the, the move that I really did actually like was uh, the Bills going out, getting Razul Douglas from the Green Bay Packers, who do seem to be fully kind of embracing the, the tank as well. Obviously, losing Tredavious White kind of set their, I would say, secondary expectations back quite a bit. Both Jordan Poyer and Micah, Micah Hyde have kind of been battling you know, injury situations for the past two seasons. And to actually get a guy that I think has been really strong at certain points, especially later on in his career for the Green Bay Packers, I think they do kind of, I'm, I'm going to say, benefit quite a bit from you know, a, a, a kind of a weak link type secondary system, strengthening a really weak spot and getting Dane Jackson out of that starting lineup, I think is really going to help them long-term. And I do think it at least in some ways maybe closes the gap between them and, and some of the top tier teams of the AFC. And I do think they could very much, you know, win one or two of these playoff games. And if Josh Allen gets hot at the right time, uh, could potentially be that AFC team that gets to the Super Bowl. A low-key move, Ben, was the Lions going out and getting Donovan Peoples-Jones. I did not see that coming. Does that mean that 
Jamison Williams is kind of going to take a step back now in terms of where he's at in target share because he dropped a couple. Uh, his helmet fell out. He's he's like sliding uh, in the backfield. It just kind of feels like he's not really quite ready for the Ben Johnson system. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a definite agreement with you. I think that was probably my main takeaway is like this is more probably an indictment on Jamison Williams and where he kind of fits into this offense. Obviously, he had the drop yesterday, kind of like you said, in and out of the lineup, just doesn't really seem all that confident uh, at any stretch that he's been for the Detroit Lions. And in some ways, you know, he was kind of getting overtaken by Khalif Raymond as well. So I do think Donovan Peoples-Jones, although he might not be taking the lion's share of, you know, pass routes away from Jamison Williams right away, like one or two more games like we've seen from Jamison Williams, unless he does have some sort of, you know, come to Jesus type moment or something for the Detroit Lions. I do think he's going to be sliding further and further down the jet chart. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is in a lot of ways brings a very similar skill set. Obviously, they have Amon Ross St. Brown who can win, you know, basically at any depth, but kind of that slot receiver over the middle type guy. And they do need somebody to kind of stretch the defense. In some ways, that was Josh Reynolds. In some ways, that was Jamison Williams. But getting a third guy into that rotation, I think it's just kind of kind of elevate the entire offense. So I didn't mind the move. Obviously, didn't give up a lot to get Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I very much think he could at least take away some of these opportunities that were going to guys that very much weren't taking advantage of them, I would say. Uh, ben, you brought up the Bills, obviously, and I completely agree. Love the Rasul Douglas move. I think, you know, he could play physical. He could play against tight ends even a little bit, and they needed another cover corner after the Trey White injury. But um, big game coming up against Cincinnati, so we're going to learn a lot, obviously, Sunday night. But, you know, we saw the Bengals. We saw Joe Burrow be able to escape the pocket, make throws down the field. He's pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. Are you a believer that the Cincinnati Bengals now at four and three are officially back, or do you have to maybe Stole like mine. pump the brakes a little bit and see, uh, you know, especially in a big spot against Buffalo? Yeah, I think this is. I don't want to say it's like a make or break spot, but I think to me, you know, obviously the concern going into the season, you know, Joe Burrow, the calf injury, how they were going to kind of get get moving. I would say, and you know, that very much kind of was probably worse than expected. But I think the underside of that is like defensively they just really haven't been where they were at in previous seasons either obviously Luan Morello has a little bit of I would say shine still on him a little bit being able to scheme up defenses that can be really uh, I would say beneficial in stopping the pass but without Jesse Bates in the fold I do think they are still kind of going to be exposed from a secondary standpoint I think in a lot of ways you know the Joe Burrow injury and everything else kind of overshadowed the struggles that they are and probably did have to start the season on the defense side of the football so if they do I would say have a you know a quality defense of performance against the Buffalo Bills here on Sunday night, that would be the time where I would really kind of want to buy into them, but I still very much think on that side of the football, I know Joe Burrow can get it done offensively, but where they're going to be at defensively, I think is still very much like a question in my mind and something that I want to see them actually prove against a top-tier offense before I'd really want to say, yeah, they're back, yeah, they can win the AFC North, yeah, they definitely contend, can contend with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bills and these other teams to potentially win that AFC conference, I would say. What is it about this Bengals team in these slow starts? I mean, I know this year, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's calf was a major problem, so you kind of want to like factor that in as the main reason. But this is the third straight year that this team has had, you know, started off under five hundred and had to claw their way back. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I do want to give them kind of a pass for the Joe Burrow injury, but in some ways, like when you start to see these sorts of, you know, trends year after year, in some ways maybe it's some sort of preparation type thing, you know, in the preseason training camps, those sorts of things where they're really not getting off to the right foot, maybe in some ways, 
you know, the offensive scheme or defensive scheme isn't evolving enough to the point where they're bringing in really new material to start the season, and a lot of teams are kind of understanding what they're trying to accomplish. I'm not quite sure what it is, and obviously we don't have a ton of sample size to really dive further mm-hmm. into those things, but I do think when you kind of see some of these trends continue to play out, there has to be some sort of, you know, I would say root, root, root cause type issue that I think maybe probably goes back to the coaching staff and just a, a lack of ability to really get them prepared, I would say, to kind of start the season. Yeah, I'm curious uh, what you think about the Chiefs because defensively they're probably the best defensive core that Patrick Mahomes has had in his career. They're top five. Rush defense isn't great, but the secondary looks really good. Um, but offensively it just feels like there's something missing, Ben. Uh, who do you think ends up stepping up and being that main guy outside of Travis Kelsey? Because Rasheed Rice still feels like he's got a little bit to go. Yeah, I and I was actually going to probably go with the Rasheed Rice, and I think that, you know, in, in a lot of ways is the real problem, right? Like, if you expect Travis Kelsey to, in some ways, maybe continue to regress in a certain way just because of age and everything else, maybe not being able to get up for every single week, regular season type football game. Like they do need a secondary guy to emerge. And I think, you know, they, they haven't hit on that whatsoever. Obviously Kadarius Tony has been like in, in a lot of ways, an absolute disaster. They felt the need to get Mikel Hardman kind of back in the fold. But to me, I, I'm going to go back to it. Like they need the rookie Rasheed Rice to, I would say, emerge and emerge quickly. And he does kind of have to be that one answer uh, to what they need from a secondary receiving standpoint, especially uh, I would say the slot position because that kind of alleviates so much of what, you know, Travis Kelsey needs to bring to this offense, I would say, in every single play. So outside of Marcus Valdez-Scanley, you know, kind of stretching the field and being, a, you know, a, a quote-unquote deep threat and actually making some of those plays downfield, I do think that they need Rice to – uh, figure out this league, figure it out quickly. And I think we've seen flashes to the point where he could kind of be that secondary option. I think in the best case scenario for the Chiefs is that that kind of comes to fruition sooner rather than later. Ben, it's crazy because we have like a bunch of backup quarterbacks going this weekend, but we have some big matchups. We talked about Buffalo-Cincinnati, but I'm really excited, obviously, for Dallas-Philadelphia. If you had to bet this game, the Eagles' three-point favorites, Cowboys on the road, you know, which way would you go? Uh, the total's 46.5, which is the third highest of the week. And I know Cowboys, uh, Dallas, last time they stepped up in class against San Francisco, didn't go very well. Yeah, it, it did not go well. And, you know, the, the, the Cowboys, I think, are maybe one of the most Jekyll and Hyde type teams that we have, especially this season. I, you know, they've probably been in the past few years as well. But to me, I, I think with what we saw even last Sunday with the Dallas Cowboys, like there is optimism around them. And they do have, I would say, a legitimate number one wide receiver in C.D. Lamb who can win, I would say, uh, against a really strong Philadelphia Eagles secondary. And I do think that, you know, the Cowboys specifically are probably one of, you know, only a couple – front sevens in football that can really, I would say, kind of compete with the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. So I'm expecting a quality game. I know when you look around, obviously, you know, plus three, I think you're getting, you know, in a lot of ways, even money on that plus three number. So that would very much be the direction that I would side with. And seeing the Dallas Cowboys, you know, kind of like you said, they haven't necessarily done it in a really sustained fashion against the team that they're kind of punching up to. But I do think the Eagles, especially this season, are a little bit more vulnerable than where they were at last year. And I think because of that, uh, I think we're going to see the Eagles at least – I think we're going to see the Cowboys at least keep this one close with an opportunity out there to win it at the end. So uh, I like it. Obviously, we need to avoid some Dak Prescott-type turnover situations. But if that happens, I think the Cowboys can keep this game close enough to cover the three points. And I do think they could also uh, be pretty live to actually win this game outright as well. 
Talking to Ben Brown, BetMGM tonight. Uh, we watched the Saints offense put up 38 points, which was a let's just let's just give them a little standing ovation yeah, here. Finally, they bring something together. Uh, look, I know it was against the Colts, and that secondary has certainly a lot of questions, and it's kind of a get-right defense when it comes to a team and the way they. I I looked. I thought the Saints was always they were. This was an underachieving offense. It just felt like they needed some time to kind of get everything to come together with a new quarterback and get Alvin Kamara back and all those things. When you look at the Saints, is this a team now where we can maybe have a little bit more confidence in this offense moving forward? Yeah, I still think in a lot of ways they are one team that, you know, from like a play-calling standpoint and offensive team, it's just it, it, it still leaves, I would say, quite a bit to be desired. They are mm-hmm. a team that very much kind of wants the focal point on winning football games from the defense side and then that's just not something I really want to buy into long term but I think the key you know especially with this most recent offensive performance was you know Rashid Shahid winning up top basically getting open on a couple deep throws and I do think him opening up things I would say for Michael Thomas and Chris Lave underneath and then obviously Alvin Kamara is going to get his opportunities from a receiving game as well like that is when this offense is kind of hitting on all cylinders right and even if you, you don't necessarily like you know, hit on those shots to Shahid every single week. Like those, those threats and those sorts of opportunities are going to at least open things up underneath, and that's when you start to see the yards after catch accumulate and, and really start to out to kind of move the chain. So I think that in some ways, a, a lot of what they did is encouraging, but I think a sustained success and an offensive play calling, you know, responsibility that is going to try and maximize some of those strengths uh, is something that I kind of want to see sustained over a few weeks, sample size before. Really, I would say, you know, crowning them to maybe win the NFC South. Uh, sample size is looking pretty good for the Jags in their win streak, Ben. Uh, what are you seeing from them, and what do you think their ceiling is? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, right now, they're kind of, I think they're basically, like, you know, fourth fourth shortest odds basically to win the AFC um you know right now if you look you know fifth fourth kind of fluctuating with the Buffalo Bills but you know to me like you know we know the AFC South is down right you know that's you know easily the most winnable division of football and in some ways like if they get to that second or third seed in the AFC and they do have you know a couple you know home playoff type games like they're very much kind of setting up at least to have kind of this inside track to play in the AFC championship game. And you're looking at, you know, a, a team like them maybe going into Kansas City and at least giving them another game. And we did see that from them last year, uh, you, you know, where they were at when the playoffs when they did actually lose the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think in a lot of ways, like, that's getting pretty close to their ceiling. And you, you saw some of the moves that they made today, getting Ezra Cleveland, um, you know, it's kind of an insurance policy. Maybe he's the guy that kind of slots in for Walker Little at left guard or something. I, I do think that these are moves that winning teams make. And I think from an overall organization standpoint, like they are a, a team and a, a, a taking an approach that I think is something that I personally want to buy into from the analytics perspective, very much emphasize that. And I do think with Doug Peterson kind of at the helm, like, they obviously have the quarterback. They in some ways have the you know auxiliary pieces along you know the the offensive skill positions of players to the point where they could be a really good team and they could be you know I would say maybe that team that actually does knock off Kansas City Chiefs Ooh. in playoff time. They might not be there enough defensively right now, but I think in another year or two they're very much I would say going to kind of be in that conversation for sure. There you go, NFL data scientist Ben Brown of Pinnacle. Always good to talk to you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Oh, man, I'm watching this uh, the Suns real quick here just to completely pivot away from the NFL. Early 10-2 lead, now it's 10-4. And then, oh, now the Spurs make it 10-7. Just like that. I, I love this Spurs team, guys. I do. Me too. They're fun. I know they're not going to win a ton of games this year, but damn it, they're Fuck fun. It.
Block that Wemby. No, oh, he just put no. his hands up. He didn't want to get in foul trouble. Pet MGM the night.